Hey there, Purpose Warriors. Welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Brunel from drbrunel.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drvernell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt, zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunel.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience, and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. I have a very special guest today, Daphne Butts, who is a faith mentor, and she helps women of faith heal through intentional victory by looking to God to help you shift the way you think, what you take in, and how you speak. Having received a life-altering news at the age of 27, Daphne experienced the anger, shame, and isolation that came with the devastating diagnosis. Despite her circumstances, Daphne functioned wounded for many years while being a mother, a sister, friend, coworker, and volunteer. Yet she mastered the art of taking care of herself while working towards healing and wholeness. Using a faith-proof method, Daphne helps women believe God to be a healer, period, to embrace the truth that you are not what you said to you, and to walk in healing. Welcome, 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 Daphne. I hope I got that last part right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank, like... you so, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And what I was conveying there is for you not to embrace and take in what was said to you as the final truth. There's hey. facts. Mm-hmm. However, the mm-hmm. truth as a believer is by his stripes that we are healed. Amen. I love that. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I know that you have such a remarkable story to share with the listeners. And I always love, it's not just positivity that you have, Daphne, but there's an assuredness that you know Mm -hmm. God to be Mm -hmm. a healer. 
And everything that you do is with him in mind. So I'm just going to turn it over to you to just jump right in and to share your story. Okay. Thank you again, Dr. Burnell, for having me on the podcast. I look forward to our time together Mm -hmm. and sharing my testimony. Mm -hmm. In the last quarter of 1997, I was really sick with what I thought was the flu. I had the chills. I had fever, sweating. I felt like someone was pouring buckets of water on me, like I would get up and change my clothes. And it it was just like the same thing was repeating. And this went on for a couple to a few days. And when I was finally able, you know, to get myself like in an upright position and look in the mirror, I could visibly see that I had lost weight. I remember moaning and calling out to God, but I'm just thinking this is the flu. My daughter was young at the time, and I don't know if you remember the thermometers that they could lay across your forehead, you know, to check temperature. Mm. She had done that, and her eyes got real big, and I could tell she was a little afraid. And I told her to come to me by the bed. I said, don't be afraid. I'm going to be fine. So the following year, I went in for a checkup, and I was told that I tested positive for HIV. Mm. Now, I was absolutely, like, shocked is not the word. I literally wanted to snatch the man over the desk Mm. and I could tell that he suspected that I wanted to do that (laughs) because he scooted back from the desk. Mm. And I remember telling myself, I said, Daphne, like he didn't do anything to you. Just ask him to repeat what he said, to give you a piece of paper and repeat what he said. So I did that. He repeated what he said. I'm sitting there, you know, doing my best to process what he said I remember him asking me, is there anyone that you need for me to call? And I said, no, you know, there's no one that, you know, I need for you to call. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the way going home, just still processing what was said to me. And my defining moment for me was when I got home. Uh, Tears are running down my face and I tangibly felt the presence of God and the presence of the enemy at the same time. It was thick in the room. And I remember speaking directly to the devil because I knew in that moment he wanted to try to take my mind. Mm -hmm. Like I remember him like trying to flash like the front of a newspaper. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I will not lose my mind. No, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I specifically said the following to God. I said, God, if there is some reason that I have to go through this, if I have to go through it, I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking medicine. And I meant it. I said it with such assuredness till like the next day I was like, God, I wasn't trying to offend you, Mm -hmm. but I'm serious. I'm not doing it. I'm just Mm -hmm. not doing it. And I'm so thankful to report it has been 23 years and counting that God honored my request. I have never taken any medicine. And to God be all the glory. I'm so thankful that he honored my request. And to your listeners that is listening to this, I want to be very clear. I'm not telling anybody not to trust doctors. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling anybody not to take medicine. I'm just sharing with you what my journey was. Mm -hmm. And I specifically said, I'm not doing it. Because I remember that's what I felt like, you know, there was just flashing, just taking pills and taking pills. I was like, I'm not doing it. And I meant it. I am not doing it. And it has been 23 years and counting and I have never taken medicine. 
Hey, man, that's such an incredible testimony. How old were you when you were first diagnosed? I was about 27. You were 27 years old. I can't even imagine just hearing that type of news at the age of 27. So like you were in the doctor's office. I'm just going to be real honest. I probably would have blacked out. Uh, You know, I mean, just we had one of those moments where you're just like, you can't believe what somebody's saying. I would have probably been so overwhelmed. So I love the strength and not just the strength that you had, but it was a faith. You're the faith that you had in God to be a healer. And I mean, even at the ripe age of 27, that's to me is not that old, right? To get Mm -hmm. some type of news like that, that could change the trajectory of your life. The way that you live your life has now been altered by news that you receive. So like walk us through like, Daphne, what was that like? Okay, so you were in the bed, you were drenched, you had visibly lost weight. A whole year had passed. You weren't really sure what was going on. Thought it was just the flu. You get this diagnosis. You go home. There's a presence of God and the enemy there. And you cry out to God and say, I'm not going to do this, Father. That's not who I am. That's not what I want to do. I'm going to believe. What was your life like after you got the news that you Mm -hmm. received? Because I'm assuming you were a single mom of a very Mm -hmm. small child. I know that there's things that go along with that about care Mm -hmm. and how are you going to tell your family? What would exactly. your family think? Listen, what about the church? You know, I mean, like all these <laughs> things start to bombard you. And exactly. then you're like, what about how am I going to make a living? What happens when people find out? Will they want to stop being around me? So can you talk a little bit about some of those things? Well, I can remember in the early stages, I would cry with a towel across my lap all the way to work. Just, I would cry. Mm-hmm. And I got myself together before I went into work. One of the things that I had to readily do right away was make the decision to forgive. Even though I was broken and devastated and that sense of hearing what was said to me and how, how did this happen? I knew that I had to forgive right away because I understand that when you don't, it's a door mm-hmm. for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc on your health, your emotional state. So I did that relatively quickly. And I think sometimes when people hear that you say that you forgive someone, I don't think they think that you'll maybe experience crying anymore. I still Mm -hmm. cried after then. (laughs) I still cried. I was angry. Here's the most important thing with being a single mother. I had to be mindful. Was I going to make a decision in the fit of anger Mm -hmm. that would have taken me away from my child? And I wasn't doing that. I just absolutely was not going to put myself in that position. And when I think about my relationship and my walk with God at the time, when you think about a bank and how you deposit in money so you're able to make withdrawals, I'm just thankful. I absolutely believe now, Dr. Brunell, for me to even have that response that I had, that I was not taking medicine, was an act of God. The average person is not going to respond to any diagnosis that way. They just, I don't think they would. I'll say that. I don't think that they would. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely believe it was an act of God that formulated my lips (laughs) to Mm -hmm. say what I said because I meant it. Mm -hmm. Now I went and got books from a natural standpoint of view. I went and got books from the library to get more understanding. And I hid them in the closet so my daughter wouldn't see them. 
And when she would go to sleep, I would pull them out to get information. And I can remember one night I was reading the word I was studying. And we've heard this scripture often, by his stripes, I am healed. Mm -hmm. It was like as though those words leapt off the page to me. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I knew that this was going to be me and God, period. Because I went and took the books back to the library. That wasn't building faith for me. That Mm -hmm. was building fear. So everyone will have their own process on how they would process a diagnosis. But for me, that wasn't building faith. That was building Mm -hmm. fear. And I knew that I couldn't live that way. Mm -hmm. I still had a daughter that I needed to raise. I needed to be responsible, you know, to her. And as it relates to telling family and friends, I asked the Holy Spirit to let me know when to do it. It wasn't something that I just went and did. It wasn't something I wouldn't be with my daughter. Mm-hmm. It was just let me know when I'm released to say something. And each time that he did have me say something, he had me pray with them first because I knew the enemy wanted to immediately instill fear. And so that's how he would release me to say something because there's a total of five of us. I'm the baby of five girls. You know, I told one sister, then another, and then I told the other two together, but I was released to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that fear would be like the immediate reaction. Yeah, that takes a lot of, I feel like, mental fortitude to even do what you did in the way in which you did it. Not just like the mental part, but also the spiritual fortitude that it took for you. So when you talked a little bit about you had to get to a place, and I don't think this was it, but it almost sounded like when you said that you had to forgive, like, was it that instantaneous thing for you? Or was forgiveness a process for you to get there? Because more often than not, when we've been wounded by another person, forgiveness is not always instantaneous. It's a process. And some people never forgive. So can you share with the listeners, like, what was that process like? And how long did it take you to get to a place of forgiveness? I know from what I recall, immediately I made the decision before God. I remember having the conversation with him like, okay, so I know that this is something that I should do. Mm -hmm. I should forgive. This is painful. Why didn't I get the respect to be told? Because I felt like my decision was taken away. You know, it's one thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm about to flip back in this chair. Like, okay, they never even told you that they were HIV positive. Absolutely not. So Mm. the person that told me the diagnosis, just to see the hand of God through it all, Mm -hmm. the packet of information that he gave me to see one of the top specialists in California, to meet with this doctor and have him give his view on when it happened, and for him to give a reflection on what I told you, the sweating, feeling like one pouring buckets on me, he like repeated that to me. And then to have him look at me and say, I'm telling you, leaned in and looked at me. I'm telling you, somebody's lying. So there's a level of anger there Mm. that you know somebody's lying. But the reality is what the Holy Spirit showed me is like when you're in a relationship, things are subject to change. There can be a level of truth in a time frame and they're subject to change. And you can't make anybody tell you anything. (laughs) Listen, you know, my mind is blown away because I'm telling you, I would have had multiple blackouts. Okay. (laughs) Just kind of like even in hearing that, because just to hear a doctor say that someone is lying, someone's been lying to me. 
Now, was this person that you contracted the virus from, was this person someone who you believed you were in a monogamous relationship with? Yes. Okay. Only to find out that that was not the case. And that was challenging to where I just had to give it to God because I physically can't make anybody do anything. Mm -mm. You know, you can be angry. You can have fits of rage and that can put you in a place where you don't want to be. And again, I kept coming back to that. I was thinking about my daughter, even though I knew I needed to take care of myself, I had to be responsible for her. And I couldn't allow my anger to take me to a place that would take me away from her. I have a question. I'm just curious to know from maybe like even a legal standpoint, was there opportunity to even file charges against the person? Because it knowingly to endanger the life of someone else. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to just leave that right there. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to flip back. <laughs> and my chair, just even hearing it, how sad that is and how painful that must have been for you at that place. And so again, just the forgiveness sounds like perhaps it was a process because it's like, you're going to go through stages of grief, right? Yeah. Maybe because you go through the wondering, like, why was my choice taken away? And you can only play that so long. You got to move forward. I understand that that was a part of it. You could ask those questions, but I feel like sometimes you have to get to a place. What if you never get the answer? Right there. Right there. And I couldn't allow myself to be stuck like that. I can remember not even being able to take a compliment. Like I remember distinctly being in the grocery store. I think it was after work. I'm dressed in business attire. And this gentleman tells me I'm beautiful. Now, I'm being pleasant. I mm-hmm. greet him. I say hello. But inside, I'm saying, God, I just want him to leave me alone. I just, I really want him to leave me alone. Because I felt like you could see it. So I can remember he kind of followed me in the store. And I was like, God, I just want this dude to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think he tapped me on the shoulder. And I was still respectful. And he said, you're beautiful. Because it just went over my head. It didn't even register. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what other way to explain it. It just didn't even register. And when he said it, I looked at him and I said, thank you. I'm still saying, God, I want him to leave me alone. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, he finally right. walks away. Mm-hmm. But I remember that. I remember that. First of all, <laughs> I can't even do a deep dive there because I can only imagine that I would, you know, you feel like people can see what no one else can necessarily see. And not really feeling beautiful, that's difficult as well. Mm -hmm. As you started to move through that and you started to get to a place of your healing, how did you start to date again? And then what conversation do you have with the person? How do you disclose? I'm just, you know, I'm really Mm -hmm. curious because you are 27 years old. That Mm -hmm. is so young, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even. 50 years old now. Yeah, I'm 51 and I took it off the table. Okay. It was just not up for a discussion. I knew that it was very important for me to heal and I needed to, it for me and God, for him to help me heal. So that's where I rested in my everything being in him that mm. I just didn't even open myself up to that. This is definitely, definitely not the same. But I have this idea of being wounded and really running to God when my ex has been left and we ultimately got a divorce. I think for three straight years, I was like, no 
secular music. It sounds crazy to some people, perhaps, but I needed God and I needed his word and I needed his people who were delivering his word. So it was Joyce Myers and Joe Olstein all day, every day. I was listening to her CDs in the car. I mean, I just remember one moment, my kids, and they were young, they were three and five. I remember one time they said, mommy, can we just please listen to the radio? I said, no, we listen to Joyce, right? Because that's, I felt like I needed to have that connection with God because that's the only place that I would find healing for my soul and my spirit was being attached to his spirit. And so mm-hmm. what you just said resonated for me to just like, I closed myself off because I could not do mm-hmm. anything beyond where I was mm-hmm. until God like helped me through that and out of that. Exactly. You know, me being with him then throughout this whole process and now has been a safe haven for me. I feel like when you speak about what you went through with your husband, or someone else getting another diagnosis, or someone's dealing with trauma from a relationship. I feel like people need to take the time and be intentional to heal and quiet out the noise, like cutting down TV, cutting down, like social media wasn't so heavy back then, but Mm -hmm. I just really pursued more of him, just more of him and being there for my daughter. And as I shared with my family, They were in absolute agreement for healing for me and continue to, to this day. So that's what I would share with someone. If you have to share a diagnosis relating to that or anything, Mm -hmm. be led because some people, their original response is going to be fear. And that's not what you need. I'm not saying for a person not to experience human emotions, but what he highlighted to me was the importance of environment. You have to be intentional to set the environment for healing. If I'm saying that I want to heal and I'm doing negative Mm self-talk, I'm listening to music that does not produce life. Mm -hmm. I'm in a relationship that does not produce life. How do you expect that seed to grow when you're not nurturing it? I completely agree. I think the sad reality for many is that you medicate. Sometimes people self-medicate mm-hmm. and you can self-medicate it through relationships. It can be through alcohol, drugs, right? So mm-hmm. these different behaviors that you can self-medicate because when you're hurting and you're mm-hmm. feeling so lonely and afraid and down, like what do you do to pull out? And I love what you're saying, which is that God is the creator, not only of the universe, but everything within. Mm-hmm. And because of the fact that he's created us. He knows how to get us from one state to the next, from being wounded to being healed, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. so you can't get that through self-medicating in these different ways and behaviors and things of that nature. So yes, Mm -hmm. like whether it's a diagnosis or anytime you've experienced something that to me just completely shatters your heart Mm -hmm. in some type of way, I, I have absolutely found it true to run to God. Because for me, I felt like I was running and he caught me every single time. And when he did it, it was loving me. It wasn't being rejected. He wasn't condemning me for what I did, how I did it, what I said, and all these different things because he loves you. So God is love. And so, yeah, I love everything that you said about that, Daphne. Just like that was so absolutely. Yeah, it has absolutely been my safe haven. And to add to that, when you asked me about how I got through it, One of my original, and to this day, I still say, with tears running down my eyes in the beginning, I would look in the mirror and tell myself that I was living and I was not dying. Okay. Till I got to a place 
where there were no tears. I was building myself up, daring to believe that no, because the early appointments, you know, the enemy tries to paralyze you with fear, you know, before you get ready to go into the doctor. And to this day, I still do it. I think it is wisdom to go to the doctor Mm -hmm. to get checkups. But I feel like sometimes, and I don't even think people realize that this is happening. When you see a doctor in a white coat, I feel that we have been subconsciously taught that that gives them authority to say something to us and we don't have a rebuttal. And although they are a healing stream, Mm -hmm. my process before I go into the doctor is that all I'm receiving is healing, period. They've tried to present other things. I'm not accepting it. What's your next course of action? And that can leave the doctor kind of puzzled. Like, well, don't you see this on the piece? I see what's on the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I'm not receiving that. You're like, I heard what you said and (laughs) I see it. (laughs) Right? Um, But I'm believing in a higher power and I'm believing in healing. Exactly. So I think that people need to prepare for the appointment. Yes, go. But you have to set your intention that if it is not life, I'm not accepting it, period. I've had something try to be presented to me, Dr. Bunnell, and I'm like, just calmly like, no. And the doctor is trying to argue his point, and I'm no. So what's your recommendation? And so we go through, come back to the next appointment. That same doctor is sitting there looking at me shocked across the room because what was there before is not there. Looking at me like, I said, well, do you want me to come over? Because I can't approach it from a place of fear. I have to keep believing it, even though the enemy tries to present it. Yes. It's like, no. And I think that we as believers sometimes don't realize the authority. We hear that scripture all the time, that there's power in our tongue. So Mm -hmm. you can go and pray for something. And if you get up from there and you're speaking something opposite to what you prayed, Mm -hmm. you're getting what what you're speaking. You're going to get what you speak. Yes. So just being very intentional of how um, I speak, even if I'm talking to someone, they're sharing a health concern, you know, I'll help them change and reframe. They say this, we're not coming into an agreement, but what they say, we want to know what they're saying. So we know how to pray. Yes. Not to come into agreement with it, but to know how to pray. Yeah. So for you, Daphne, like I'm thinking about family. How supportive was your family through your diagnosis and the lifestyle changes you had to make? They were very supportive. Naturally, they were shocked. Mm -hmm. There were tears. I remember one of my sisters, her immediate (laughs) response is the devil is a lie. No, we're not receiving that. No. Okay. So they have been very supportive. They stand with me. They agree with me. Mm-hmm. They know that I'm mindful of how I speak. I'm mindful of the environment that I'm in. So they're very supportive, very supportive. I did not feel like I experienced any judgment from them. Even when I was released to share with my daughter, she doesn't necessarily remember it when she was younger, but she seen my walk as a woman, you know, as she got older mm-hmm. to see how be daring to believe God just on different things. And she's seen God show up. Mm-hmm. So my prayer is that has that shown her how to walk with God despite what people say. I told her when I was raising her that our mantra is when they tell you no, it means next. Hello. Listen, what an incredible testimony and life lessons that you're able to share with not just your daughter, but other women that you come into contact around serving. 
Because I think the natural thing to do is to be afraid. I mean, how do we know this? Because Jesus said it throughout. Fear not. Don't be afraid. So he knows exactly. that fear is a natural human emotion and reaction to something that is scary. Like I said, your faith, Daphne, is so incredible. And you're so determined to believe what you believe and to stand firmly on that belief. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's not so much about the medication or whether you take the medication or not, but what the Bible talks about, set your mind and keep it set. And you've mm-hmm. set your mind on healing intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. And victoriously. And you've done an amazing job of like doing so. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to share, I don't want people, because I had someone kind of point this out before when I was sharing my testimony. What you see now, the boldness, the resolution was not there when I said, I'm not taking medicine. Let's be clear. Those words that I said that I was not taking medicine, I just meant it. It wasn't like, yes, it Mm -hmm. wasn't like I was consciously saying, I'm going to say this to God. It Mm -hmm. was nothing like that. It was just, I mean it. You were declaring something over your life and going back to what you said in the scripture about life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Choose, right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is real clear about that. We get an opportunity to choose life over death. The words that we speak have so much power and authority that I think sometimes we lose sight of that. And so just to even, again, definitely resolute, definitely a lot of assuredness. And I also recognize, honestly, Daphne, that this whole thing is a process and it's a journey that we're all on. And I do agree what people see today is not what it looked like when we were going through the hell that we were going through. However, (laughs) it's an opportunity (laughs) for us to infuse faith, right? So speaking faith over other people and ourselves encouragement, confidence, and all those different things that go along with it. So like I said, it's an amazing, amazing story. One thing that I do want to ask you that I I love to ask all of my guests is the same question, which is, what do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew? That he's fully capable to be good to you. Mm. I feel that people can independently say God is good. And why does it come into question Mm -hmm. when it comes to you? Okay. First of all, that was good. And the reason is because what you're really talking about is the faith to believe that he is who he said he is and that he would do what he said he would do. Exactly. That's what you're saying. And I love it. I love it. Well, definitely that was so good. So listen, where can people find you? If they want to connect with you, if they want to have an accountability partner, if they want to be coached by you, how can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. My handle is at the Daphne Butts, and that's D-A-P-H-N-E, D as in boy, U-T-T-S as in Sam. You can connect with me there. You can DM me. I also have some forgiveness declarations that you can download to help you walk out healing. I understand that it can be different for each person to process forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's essential. It's just essential. Mm. For you to forgive and to allow the healing, you know, to come in. So to help you walk it out. Mm -hmm. And so feel free to connect with me there. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to put all of your contact information in the show notes for the guests to take a look at if they didn't get a chance to write it down. Because I know a lot of my listeners also 
listen on their way to work. So they may not have okay. a right, but I'll be sure to put that in there. And again, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your incredible story. And I just pray that God continues to use it to bless the lives of many. Thank you so much. I want to thank you again for allowing me to be a part of your platform and I'm speaking to your audience now. I pray that there's something that we shared during our discussion that blessed you, that allowed you to help you move toward healing mm-hmm. in an actionable way. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. Beyond my book, if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself, By awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drvernell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.